Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Wednesday, January 2nd, 2008. That's right, it's the new year. And before we really say goodbye to 2007, let's uh, talk a little bit about what we loved and hated over the year. Well, I guess specifically I'll be talking about what I loved or hated over the year. But you can send me feedback and tell me, let me know what you loved or hated. That would totally be cool. Anyway, let's uh, let's start off with, um, I guess let's start off in movies. All right. So in movies, and, and again, I, I, I add the disclaimer, as I always do, this only accounts for things that I have heard, seen, or read, and I have no valid opinion on anything else. But um, also, it, it is my own opinion. Uh, in addition, it's kind of my own scale whether or not the particular piece of entertainment lived up to my expectations of what they were setting up to do. My expectations. So, you know, if they were setting up to do something that wasn't, uh, that was different from that, well, that's their problem and not mine. So that's, uh, that's kind of the disclaimer. Uh, but, but here's, uh, here's what I really, uh, what I really loved in, in movies for the year. First off, uh, Grindhouse. Not the greatest movie, even, even in either part, but definitely as an overall cinematic experience just a blast and and really you know that's what it's all about you know if they want to uh to keep people coming into the theaters not that grindhouse necessarily did but this is the kind of thing they need to do is to make it this this full-on experience and really it was all about you know the trailers that started off things then you get into planet terror then you get more trailers and you get the kind of sleepiness of death proof but again as a part of the overall package it all works together really well and so uh, so i really dug grindhouse um it's a shame that they decided to, when they released it on dvd it's really a shame that they decided uh, to go with um separating the two movies and all that it, it's it's like they're really trying to say oh well you know grindhouse didn't work in the uh, theater so we need to uh we need to you know basically disavow all knowledge of it and put these out as two separate movies but you know when it really comes down to it is is what they're the opportunity they're missing here is you have the opportunity now to have the whole thing play out just as it did in the theaters on your home theater and it's kind of like bringing that part of the experience into the home theater and i think there's definitely a missed opportunity there that said i'll bet they've got something up their sleeve with a uh, with a future release of that well hopefully anyway because we know that something like that is going to live on in dvd another one of my favorites for the year knocked up I'm a big fan of Judd Apatow, as uh, long-time listeners can attest. You know, I, I, I loved Undeclared. I loved Freaks and Geeks. Um, really dug The 40-Year-Old Virgin. But Knocked Up was, uh, you know, again, something that I, that I found really funny. It showed that uh, uh, that Apatow knows how to put the heart into things. And, uh, you know, you ended up with, with a romantic comedy that did not skimp on the comedy. In fact, I think the comedy far overpowered the uh, the romance angle of of, of the movie. Um, a honorable mention also goes to uh, to Superbad for for this. You know, again, just really really funny movies, and this is what we need in comedy: is funny, funny. Remember funny. Uh, number three, Zodiac. Now, I've I've long been a fan of the of the Zodiac case. Uh, you know, I've, I'm I'm sitting in the, in my office right now, looking at a copy of Robert Graysmith's book, and uh, it's the same yellow cover that you see uh, in at the end of this movie. And uh, it doesn't spoil anything. Everybody knows he already wrote a book. Anyway, um, just beautifully photographed. Uh, this this is uh, this was all, all done in 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 high def. Um, you know, Fincher definitely knows how to move a camera. Definitely knows how to get a, a great shot. And just overall, you know, I tend 
to hate when uh, a, a movie about a particular case delves too much into the lives of the investigators. And, uh, you know, I said this about the Black Dahlia last year. But really, when you get down to it here, you know, in the case of Grace Smith's book, that's what it was about, was that that obsession. And and let's face it, there's not that much information about the actual case. Uh, you know, they, they managed to to get in to delve into the into Graysmith's personal life at the same time as as really getting into what he learned about the case and uh, and and really gives you just a whole lot of of that kind of detail and uh, as as well as just giving you a real feeling for the uh, for the bay area in that in that era and uh, so yep zodiac there we go uh, michael clayton you know when it comes down to it as as much as I'd love to deny it, and uh, well, I, I don't even know that I would want to deny it anymore. But um, you know, years ago, and I and I'm thinking even back to his early ER days, saying you were a fan of uh, of George Clooney was like, come on, um, you know, the, the the guy's a terrible actor and this and that. Um, you know, wasn't he on the Facts of Life? But I'll tell you, he's come a long way. And I find now when I uh, when I see a movie that's coming up with him in it. I'm interested, mainly because I know it's not necessarily going to be the same thing we've seen before, and I know that uh, that he he you know that he definitely has some integrity where he makes his decisions and uh, and makes different things. You know, makes uh, it makes him. This is where you know this is a guy who made a movie like uh, Good Night and Good Luck, and it's just not the kind of thing that you that you tend to see. And and Michael Clayton as well. I mean, it, you know, again, you have a really strong performance by uh by Clooney uh, uh, and a great story and so that's why it, it wound up on the top 5 list. And number 5, Juno. Now, Jason Reitman as as a filmmaker, I I I saw Thank You for Smoking and 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 I enjoyed it. I thought it got a little long and uh and you know, it seemed to really be trying to push the laughs, but there were a lot of, of dead moments in between the laughs. And uh, and I found that they didn't necessarily move things forward. Still funnier than most of what's out there. Juno, however, wow. Um, you know, you've got a, working from a great screenplay by Diablo Cody um, and uh, starring Ellen Page, who was, it was just great. I heard an interview recently on film spotting with Diablo Cody and Ellen Page. And I got to say... With these two, you know, after hearing this interview, I will see anything that either of these pe- either of these people do, and not only that, but I just think that this is where you know, let's move away from the Lilos and the Britneys, and let's let's move to uh, to people like this who uh, who are making you know bold artistic choices and are actually getting things done, and uh, and you know they're not the uh, they're not the party girls. <laughs> Although I mean, Diablo Cody was a stripper. Because every press release had to mention that, but this interview didn't, and it really got into you know why uh, why she wrote this movie and and uh, a fantastic interview. I, I do highly recommend that. Um, but you also have a great performance from Michael Sarah and uh, J.K. Simmons as as the Juno's father is is just hilarious, as well as Allison Janney as her mother. Great performances all around. Really strong story, and uh, and it just proves you know Jason Reitman has moved out of his uh, father's shadow and uh, is really he's this this guy is is really developing into a great filmmaker. Okay, worst movies of the year. All right. First off, uh, on my original list, I had Fantastic Four 2, Rise of the Silver Surfer. But, you know, when you get down to it, my expectation was pretty low. But the fact that the bar was set so low and it still managed to squeak in under it, uh, it just 
just blows my mind. Um, I, you know, and I, I saw it on a plane, so maybe not the best environment to see it in, but man, just awful, 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 awful. But it's not on the list because, you know, that was my, that was my expectation. So let's face it. Let's, let's leave that one off. However, what the one I'm going to add in is national treasure, um, uh, book of secrets. Just saw this on the weekend. Um, Here's the thing, uh, and and I'd said like that I was I was looking forward to this really kind of out of my uh, I was just really surprised that this is what I was that I was actually looking forward to this movie. It looked like fun. You got the whole Lincoln conspiracy thing going on. I love that kind of stuff. But really, what this got down to was was kind of cheesy um, Matlock type storylines, like like just the the romance angle with the uh, with with. Um, Diane Kruger and Nicolas Cage and it just seemed like just wackiness waiting to bust out and there was a whole lot of time spent on that and very little time spent on the actual story and and, and really not a whole lot of action so kind of kind of disappointing uh, you know because the first one was fun uh, but this really wow they they really went the wrong way with this one although it seems to be doing very well for them however it did have one scene where Nicolas Cage is talking to his father, played by John Voight, and it was one of those sort of classic uh, um, Nicolas Cage uh, ticks, right? Where he's, where he's, you know, I just knew that you were going to overreact! And it reminded me on Studio 60 when uh, uh, when, the, when the one guy used to do his, the Nicolas Cage show! And it just showed me that his impression was dead on. It, it was unbelievable. The man's become a caricature of himself. It's, it's really kind of sad, actually. Also on my worst list, Spider-Man 3. I've talked about this one. You can go back and find the episode where I talked about it. But man, was I disappointed in this. Um, you know, this the Spider-Man franchise had been pretty strong. But this movie, man, did they phone it in. The, uh, the, the script really set out to defy all the logic that it, that it had set out in the first two, two movies. And, and you got the same director working on it. I mean, can't we have a little continuity that actually works? But, you know, that's kind of Spider-Man all over, and I will get to that. Pirates of the Caribbean 3. was not a big fan of the second one. The third one, even less so. And, uh, and I think the subtitle should have been, if you thought we were spinning our wheels in the second flick, wait till you get a load of this crap fest. Because really, when you got down to it, what you had, in the, it, you had is these two movies were basically one movie split up and padded because they said, hey, we could make $400 million uh, you know, on on this movie, or we could split it in two and make eight hundred million. So that's what they did. And so what you had in the first one is you had like twenty minutes of Johnny Depp on the friggin' mill wheel spinning around doing all the slapsticky stuff, and not getting to the actual story. And so you end up with the same thing. Uh, you end up with the same thing here, except they didn't even go that far. What they did is they said. Let's just have the actors kind of look at each other, and if we have to ha- show them walking to some place, let's show every single step. So there we go with that. The Born Ultimatum. This is going to actually show on a lot of critics' best of lists, but I found it disappointing because when it came down to it, the big reveals were, yeah, we knew. You know, it, it, there was nothing. There was nothing. Sort of. Uh, I, I guess they built everything up to be sort of a big revelation, and it really wasn't. You know, we know that 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 Bourne lost lost his memory, so he's probably going to find out who he was. And you know, it's it, to find out that he was just some you know some a nameless guy that has sort of no effect. His previous identity has no effect on the story. So it, it's just yeah, it turns out you were this guy. Oh, okay. Um, and also, 
you know, I loved Paul Greengrass in, uh, I loved Sunday Bloody Sunday. I loved uh, Flight 93, but, or United 93. But the thing about this one was, uh, you know, hey, in an action scene, move the camera out. Get the camera out so we can actually see what's going on. I'm sick of these car chases where everything's got to be close in and fights where, where everything's close in. It's like you're in the fight. Well, I don't want to be in the fight. I want to see the fight. That's what I paid to do. And uh, and I just uh, I'm not digging the uh, sort of direction they're taking with, with action movies with this kind of thing. And uh, finally, finally, I guess... Uh, well, no, you know what? Music and lyrics was actually a, uh, without a doubt, um, again, a lowered expectation film. So, so it shouldn't even count. Um, so maybe I don't even have five worst. Uh, so you know what? I'm not even going to count music and lyrics because, to be fair, I only watched it for Adam Schlesinger's songs. But, man, was it bad. Um, just, you know, more Hugh Grant mugging and all that kind of stuff. So, so that one's off the list. All right, so let's, let's put one on the list. We Own the Night. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Marky Mark really sort of really promoted like you know like we're gonna see a whole lot of them together and and Marky Mark he he was not in that movie a whole lot and uh, and you want to talk about deliberately paced this was a slow movie uh, I can see in one case though where they're actually setting out to um, to do sort of a I don't know, what what do you call it? Uh, it, it's an Oscar grab. It was an Oscar grab for Robert Duvall, without a doubt. He, uh, you know, they're looking for like a best supporting actor nod for him, uh, for his role as their dad. And uh, I can't see that, that, that it goes any other way. So that's that's the best and worst in movies. Um, I'm going to do the best and worst in TV and in comics uh, in, in the next episode, which will come up on uh, Friday, because... Uh, 15 minutes. I got to get through this in 15 minutes. And, and really, there, were, there was a lot of good stuff and a lot of bad stuff, and we got to address it all. Of course, the biggest story was, say it with me, everybody, writer's strike. Uh, still not resolved after this time. And, and you got to know, when they can't get something together on this within, within a couple of months, that, uh, that they're in it for the long haul. And it's going to be very interesting to sort of see what happens uh, with this overall, um, you know. It, it it's getting ugly and uh it, it's looking like pilot season is in jeopardy and uh and may not happen uh certainly certainly getting back to things uh is, is going to be a struggle although letterman made a deal with his writers so maybe this whole negotiating with the, with individual studios is going to work out for them and hey i hope it does um but hey, when you got Letterman back, you got uh, the, the Daily Show and the Colbert Report coming back uh, this week as well, or early next, yes, early next week. So that that can't be a bad thing. Anyway, it's all the time we got for today. Comments as always welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. And I'll see you on Friday for the wrap up to the best and worst of 2007.